And it is 9.33. Joining me now are fellow Master Gardeners, Barb Lampson, as well as Harvey Hess. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Karen, on this beautiful, warm, sunny morning. That's right. And you know, the thing is, we're going to have a lot of 90-degree days. In fact, I was listening to one weather report that says we may have over 20 90-degree days in June, which could set a record. And I don't see a lot of rain on the horizon. So for gardeners, that's going to be a challenge, as well as for farmers. Right. Well, I was listening to you on the way in, and you were talking about all these 20 or 90 degree days coming up the next week, and that's hot. It, it is hot, and I know for things like our radishes and some of the cool crops, the, the lettuces and things that are already in, it's going to make them bolt is what it's called. The bolt means that it's just too yeah. hot, and they just grow so fast. So if I plant radish seeds now, which I'm not going to, they just grow so fast they don't even have a chance to develop the little bulb in the roots. So, sure. so I know, though, Harvey finally gave me my tomatoes and peppers, so I have those in now, and Harvey, it's okay to put those in now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's time to get them in. The soil temperature right now is 68 degrees, and when it reaches that temperature, I mean, you're more than good for that. One thing I wanted to say about the heat, um, you don't want plants to become stressed, and one way they become stressed is if you leave on the old dried up flower heads and let them make seed because it takes so much out of the root. To make the seed, right. Yeah, so I brought a couple of examples of plants that are very different. Most plants you can just uh, deadhead. You just take off the spent bloom and, and it takes over. But um, Sylvestris, Sylvestris anemone is a different kind so of a plant. An, anemone, is that the common name? It is the species or the genus. And then Sylvestris is the um, Latin name. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, right. Okay. So this, um, it, this is one of those I brought an example with today. They get a flower spike. It goes all the way to the bottom. And I used to think that you would go down to the first set of leaves. Right, and leave and, the leaves on. But that this never does anything again. This was a one-time flower spike. So you have to take, and don't pull these off, take a good little pruning shears and go clear to the bottom and clip them off. And they have other leaves still there, correct? Yeah, they do. Because like with tulips, we talked about making sure you just take the, the... The stem off down to the leaves and leave those leaves because they need that to right. generate the bulb energy for the bulb to develop for the next year. But this is a different case. Yeah. So if you think you've got a flower spike, then follow it down to the to the base and you'll see there's no leaves down there. Then clip it off down there. Now the iris are kind of different because they also put up a stalk and it's really a very sub- tall stalk a lot of times and it's very substantial it mm-hmm. takes a lot of energy to keep that going and so when the iris get done blooming uh, on that stalk and you'll have several then you just go in and you snap them off just the the, the one bloom just the one bloom but as soon as the um, iris is it's not going to put forth any more flowers because yeah they have got several blooms that can come on one stalk yeah. so you just do them off as each each of the blooms is they get, gone yeah you got the horizontal so you got the major one and then as you go down you'll get more if you're very lucky and so you go to the base on this one too and as you go down you'll sometimes see that you've got another leaf there and you'll think I'm going to stop right there but uh, go beyond that leaf and go right down to the base okay so cut. the leaf that's attached to the stem on, on an iris you cut that off as well yeah yeah exactly okay. so you get right down in there and cut it off and then um, I always take my pruning shear and I 
I absolutely, I know this is... Barb's all, cutting cutting uh, with a very sharp tool in the studio. Yeah, I'm cutting <laughs> off the stem into small chunks. Yes. And I don't put it in my compost pile. You don't? No. I, see, I, I do. I put, well, I think that the this point, this is so full of all the things that a plant needs, so I, I space it around. I don't put it on top of the rhizome, but I put it in that area. Oh, then. you put it back by the plant. Yes, so, I do. Okay, because I've been putting them in my compost, just figuring that's, it'll, you that's know. That's a good way, too. It does take these a little longer to break down if they're not cut up. And, of course, if there's disease or anything, you want to get rid of them else right. or not in your composter. Absolutely get rid of that. That's that's the first rule of prevention there. You know, don't save anything like that. And talking about... Well, you sure made a mess now. I did make a <laughs> mess. There, there are leaves all over the studio, and they're, they are on the the counter, which I don't think will benefit from them like uh, your plants. there's might. no ants on it, oh, and that's there's good. no disease on it, and there's no... Speaking uh, of, the peonies <clears throat> are blooming now, you know. You mentioned, and they Nebulous. are just gorgeous, and this 90-degree heat is going to get just dry. You know, they're going to be gone shortly. So I, I cut a whole bunch and brought them into the ladies in, across the hall, and they just love it. But, you know, there's this myth that you need ants are needed to open peonies, and I used to think that as, as a kid or whatever, too, and that's not true. They no. are just on there because they love the nectar. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and they will open on their own. So people I know were saying, well, I don't have any ants. What am I going to do? How are they going to open? They'll be fine. Now, when you prune back your peonies, I noticed that even on mine, there's, you know, there was a big peony and then there's like a smaller shoot that has another butt on it down. Sure. So how far down when you uh, deadhead your peonies do you go? You well, first take off, first take the off big the one top one. The big one that's done. big one. And then go down to where the next lateral uh, blue, uh, spike is coming out. Or not spike, but uh, branch. Right. Mm-hmm. Branch. And then when that one's done, then, fo- uh, then follow that down to where the leaves are again. Sure. And uh, but it doesn't have to go all the way to the bottom. No, it doesn't. Okay. And uh, one of the things to watch for right now, and I know Harvey's probably had an experience with this in the past with uh, peonies, uh, is uh, powdery mildew because mm-hmm. they always get that when it's humid at night. Yeah, and they're very thick and bushy. So as soon as you see something, remove it. Take the whole stalk all the way down. It gets like a white, just a f- film almost on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, powdery mildew, black spot, both of those things. Be watching for that on a lot you of You ever spray things. them? No, I never Some people do. do. I don't. I have never. Have you? I have some. Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. You, you're, with all of these fungal um, diseases, you're supposed to do it pre, before they get it. So if you have a clump in your garden and you always have a problem there, first of all, it's probably in the wrong location. It should get out in the sun more and get more breezes going through it. And it might be too big a clump. It should be divided. But uh, if you're going to use a spray, you use that before there's any signs of a disease. Well, if I see some, then I'll spray the whole works that I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it does spread. Yeah. Yeah. Those spores, they go all over the place. And you can, if you get that on your pruning tool or get that on your hands, you can spread it that way, too. Oh Yeah, so you've got to really be careful. Things really spread um, a lot, even seeds and everything. Yeah. It's amazing how much things can spread out there. I was at Harvey's house to pick up my tomatoes and pepper plants, and there was a giant bush in front of his home that you said it was there since your grandmother or somebody or your... I'm years. not sure. I think my mother planted it, but I'm not sure. So it's many years old, and it had these beautiful, beautiful white balls of, of blossoms, you know. And you snowballs. were like, "Yeah," and yes. it's snowball yes. verbenum. 
Yes. Because uh, you were you weren't sure what it was called, so I went back and I did some research, and it's a snowball verbenum, and it's just I think for at least a week or two, it's got those beautiful beautiful uh, balls. But yours is over. I, I assume I, I assume it's over eighty years old. I would imagine so. I mean, if your mother put it in. Yeah. <laughs> just guessing. Just, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those that just keeps on keeping on. Yeah. You know, that is um, a great plant because a great shrub. We always had those. And for every high school graduation, there would be <laughs> a bouquet of them on the table because they always bloomed about the same time as graduation. Yeah. And if confirmation was late, that, that would be on the table. So I, I remember them so very, very well. Yeah, it's, it's um, quite tall already and... Sure. You can cut that back, too. And, you know, you can go in and you can take out some of that really old wood at the base. We have done that, too, because it gets in the way from mowing and stuff. And it, yeah, yeah, that's so right. We, we've trimmed it back. Yeah. The bees love it. And, it, and yeah. shrubs like that, you want to prune those right after it's done flowering. Things, sure. you know, so after it's done, if Harvey wants to cut it back, do it then, because those are the ones that bloom on the the. New, old new wood, wood. Or, or old wood, old wood. Yes, yeah. so you wood. get rid of the blossom right away, so yeah. it has a chance to generate for the next year. Sure, right. it's like a lilac. They yeah. do the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And Harvey, do you have lilacs out on the farm? Have what? Do you have lilacs? Uh, some. Do you? You know, I found that w- on mine, I had more blooms than I've ever had before. I thought it was the milder winter. No, I don't think I've seen as many. You didn't see as many. Well, remember, yeah. a lot of people got that that fungus last year, and a lot of lilacs uh, uh. were damaged last year. And I don't know if it was bad this year, but I remember that was the thing, and they all kind of dried up. But they said, "Don't worry, they'll come back." So sure, sure. I guess right offhand, I just can't remember looking at them very much. I know they were there. <laughs> you took them for granted. <clears throat> too busy for doing the other things. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's true. And I was too. They, they take care of themselves. Right. Exactly. I, I know, Harvey, you've got a lot of things to plant in your garden. Is that something you're going to be doing? Because I know that uh, when I was out there, you had things like I had like your onions and your your beets and your uh, radishes, peas, radishes, and things potatoes. like that. So what are you doing now? Because I know that you've got a lot of space out there. Well, yesterday I planted three elephant ears. Oh, I okay. I put mine in like one, last week. One big one and two smaller ones, and then I planted eight um, begonias in my begonia garden. This is with plants that I had overwintered mm-hmm. in the garage. So begonias uh, warm uh, enough now. Yeah. Yep. So and I in put the shade, yeah, plant them but in the shade. But I hand watered them in the garage for a while, so they were getting dry. Mm-hmm. And so I got those planted. I was going to plant some more stuff too, but I was getting too tired. <laughs> So I just <laughs> dragged, and they were so dry, so I just dragged a, a sprinkler up there and, and watered them real good. Yeah, right. So that'll make me wait until the ground in there gets a little bit drier before I can plant the rest of the stuff. Right, right. And I've got some uh, caladium. Oh, yes. That I had last year. Right. And I had them in the garage over winter, and um, about the middle of the uh, uh, winter, they dried down. And I just left them, and then about two months ago, I just started to uh, give them a little water, and pretty soon up they came. And yes, and I've got I've got one that's pretty, well, about two feet tall and wow. big leaf on it. And yeah, 
Oh, they're they're absolutely gorgeous. One of my favorite foliage plants. I wish we could leave them in the ground all year long, but I do think if you had them in a pot, I did the very same thing, Harvey. I, I had one bag that I put, I cleaned up the clidium bulbs, I put them in there, I put them in my cold room, and then I had a couple that I had in pots that were smaller roots, and and those, I just took them out in April and started watering them. They came right up. They were very, very easy. Usually clidium takes forever to... It does. The ones that were bare root that I put into a pot and started, they're just barely peeking through the soil now. I, I've never had real good luck keeping them over winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't either. My caladiums, <coughs> they dry out. Yeah, don't they, they dry it out too much. So I don't know yeah. if I, if, you know, how, how do you store yours to make them so they don't dry out so much? Well, it, in a paper bag. Okay, because I was putting them like with some peat, peat moss. Yeah, it, I had peat moss in there too. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I this year I took uh, sticky labels and I, absolutely labeled everything Mm -hmm. what it was what color it was boy was that a good idea i used to think i would remember exactly (laughs) and i look at the bulb and i think well i i know bulbs i know what this is (laughs) i've got some sticks in the garden in in my backyard and it's marking something and i go hmm i wonder why i put these sticks here whatever it is it hasn't come up so i'm not really even sure what it was what it's there for. It was supposed to mark something, but sure, anyway, you know, sure. I don't know if you've well, ever done that. Well, I've got at least six pots in the in the greenhouse now that I have no idea what it is, so I'm waiting for them to come up so oh. I can tell what it is. <laughs> I think that's really fun, and it's like a bonus. <clears throat> it's, like it's like a grab bag kind of thing. Right. You know, when I divided things last fall and put into my new uh, pollinator garden, I took uh, peonies and I took iris, and um, I dug a really good size hole. I put in a lot of compost. I also added blood meal and bone meal. And do you know, they are blooming. They love their new home, <laughs> and they're close to uh, my watering barrels. So they get watered first now instead of being further away. They have better air circulation. I couldn't believe it. I thought I'd have to wait a couple of years because it wasn't the biggest roots. But they had, you always have to have the two eyes at least on them for a minimum to get flower buds. And then not to plant them too deep because they won't bloom. Not to get those red those buds above ground because they'll freeze. So it's just below. And then I did cover them really well with, with leaves. Well, you were talking about keeping things over winter and drying up and that, and with my dahlias and stuff too, I put them in plastic tubs and then I put them in um, peat moss, mm-hmm. but I have a cover for it. And so I'll, I'll put the cover on and then every couple weeks or so, I'll go down there and check them. And if they're getting too wet, sure. too much, if I can see the moisture on the side of the tub, I'll take the cover off for a while. Wow, yeah. And then um, next time I go down and check them, and then if they starting to li- feel a little dry, I'll put the cover back on again. That's the way I can control the sure. um, bulbs so they don't dribble. Because when I got, uh, I got uh, one dahlia plant this year, and I got eight plants out of it mm. when I cut it apart. Wow. 
That's amazing. Oh, yeah. How many uh, tubers do you have to have for each new plant then? I think it's the eye that matters, isn't it? Because, I mean, you can have a whole bunch of tubers, but if it's only yeah. got one eye attached to it, that's the thing yeah. I have a hard time figuring out because I ordered a, a, two dahlias in the mail, the bulbs. And so there was a, a bag of bulbs and there was like six or seven. And I thought, well, I don't know if they all have eyes or not. And I thought there's only supposed to be two, right? I've got eight now. <laughs> Yeah. So they all all well, the you have tubes, to, you have yeah. to have some of this st- the uh, stem on top. Right. Yes. Of the t- even if it's just like that on top of the tuber, because yeah. every once in a while they break off. Right. And I've had a single one which looks like a sweet potato, and I can't throw that away, so I stick that in the ground. I might I get flowers off from it, but I do get new growth and I get more tubers under. Yeah. It ground. just it, they they produce. A lot of tubers, and and now when I got them up to divide them, uh, they're starting to uh, sprout. And even some of the tubers down the bottom, the thing comes up and it try and get through oh. the others sure. to get out. And sure, you know, Harvey, I have a question for you. I have seen <laughs> some of the most beautiful dahlias potted up, but they're the small ones, and they're just covered with blooms. Now, is that Will will you get more blooms after those die? Oh yeah, they're very well, short plants. The short ones. The little, you mean they're almost like a dwarf? <coughs> yeah, they are. They're they're not very tall. And I thought, wow, the flowers are one inch or two inch. Yeah, the small ones like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I I had some um, pom poms. Yes. Yellow pom poms. Oh, they're beautiful. And for some reason, they didn't overwinter for me this year. So oh. I don't have. I've got one that I've got planted. I don't know if it's going to come or not. But but you plant your dahlias by seed, and I've started some from a seed. Oh, okay. Do, do they bloom the first year then? <clears throat> yes. Oh, okay. So is that what those are in the pots that that you buy in the store? Are those like seed dahlias? So they are all new growth and on the bottom in that. No, I I don't know uh, what they sell in the store. Um, uh, they're not the easiest to start from seed. Yeah. Although my granddaughter up in the cities and uh, great granddaughter, they started some from seed this year, and I've got three of them now, and they're about oh five six inches tall. Wow. And so they're kind of bushed out and stuff. So I'm anxious to see what those are. But usually when you get them from seed, you get a flower that's um oh maybe three inches in diameter and they're kind of flat they're not they're not uh, round or it's single petaled ones sure sure that's what i've always had before yeah. and do they come in a variety of colors oh yeah do they <coughs> wow that would be the way to go so then uh, uh before they before they freeze off i imagine they're very tender then you would dig the whole root well they they have tubers they do have tubers. They they develop tubers wow. in, in during the summer. Wow! Wow! So I've, then I've got tubers that I put away, like I do the rest of them, and sure. then I get them out. And but I haven't had any. Uh, last well, last year I had some of the little ones, but I didn't overwinter them good this year. And th- so this year I won't have any little mm-hmm. plants except the new ones now that my granddaughter made. You know, um, Harvey, I am starting to put down my mulch and I've used uh, uh, leaves that are decomposing in plastic bags and I put that down and uh, I I think if it's going to be as hot as they say in the 90 degrees for several days 
um, it would be a good idea. Well, it, you mentioned mulch. I wanted to chat a little bit about mulch because I just saw there's an article that just came out that talked about how the soil holds 83% of the garden's carbon. And so it's sequestered in the plant roots, the fungi, the bacteria, living and dead animals, and hummus, which is decomposed plant matter. And so one of the best ways to protect your garden soil's carbon uh, potential is, is to desert, not to disturb it. So don't right. disturb it if you can. Right. So a lo- I, like I've got the gardens that, that I don't have to till them because they're raised bed gardens. And I don't, you know, I think I used to think you'd have to break up the soil. But the more you break up the soil, right. it's not good because all those bacteria are already working in harmony together. So... Mulch is so important, and one of the things I've been doing in my vegetable garden, which is a raised bed, I buy these bales of straw, not just like from some farmers, you know, back field, because I don't know about the weeds, but these are ones that are raised specifically for mulch, and they say 99% weed-free, mm-hmm. and I get them at a local store, and Harvey would just about probably faint. They're like twelve ninety nine <laughs> a, a bale, yeah. but but <coughs> it, it covers uh, 500 square feet because sure. they're, they're chopped finely, and they're compressed so tight that it I mean it goes a long way and then they have something called tack which I'm not exactly sure what that is but it kind of holds it so it doesn't um, just float away with the rain and that has been such a great thing especially on my raised garden beds and when I plant new things whether it's a bulb or a plant I put that that straw around there and it keeps the moisture in and then it breaks down and makes just beautiful uh, compost and so that's been a really a great thing for me and I know, like you said, uh, you spend that much for a bale of straw, but it is—it's—it's it's so compacted that it's—it goes such a long way. I have tried regular, like buying from a farmer, but I fo- found too many weeds and, and things, and and it's not chopped as fine. Oh, we have so much to do because uh, uh, we've got the tomatoes, we uh, mulch, and uh, my dahlias I mulch, and and the potatoes and everything. So we just use grass clippings. Oh, yeah, that's and another, as absolutely. long as you don't spread herbicide on your your It's full of nitrogen. And what I'm going to do this year is where I plant my dahlias, I'm not going to till it now. I'm just going to dig a hole and put the, oh, good. And, and then put fabric down and then grass clippings on top. That'll kill any weeds that are there. Well, see, now I don't use fabric. I just use newspaper. I'll use like a couple, three, four yeah. thicknesses of newspaper because we get the paper and, you know, you can recycle right. it or you can use it in your yard and then it goes back into making soil. So so with that, you know, newspaper and then straw or something on top is sure. really... We used to use haylage. When we ever, I don't know if you ever had, when you were a farmer, if, if the hay got rained on too much, you know, you'd, you you could chop, chop it, it and then dad would just chop it in a box and he would just spread it in a big pile because it wasn't any good for the cows because it was kind of spoiled, but it was perfect for the garden. Sure. I uh, years ago I used to get some of the rolls from the free press, the paper. Oh, you know they just use so much, and then right. when it gets down to the smaller. So, yeah, but it, it's it's so much work. So the fabric is so much easier. Okay, for yeah, I can't, I can't and it do breaks that up in time anyway. I uh, not fabric though. Fabric it, well, depends. Yeah, mine does. Oh, well, you must get the yeah, because there's some la- there's some yeah. landscape fabric that doesn't. So you got to make sure you yeah. get the one that it's it's th- this one is um, it's one season, and we oh, put okay. it and we put it down for the tomatoes, and then cut a hole in there, and then plant plant the the tomato into that hole, and <clears throat> then I take it's like cutting a pie. I put the wedges back up again from where I cut them, and then we put the uh, leaves on top you of You do that. leaves, okay. Yeah. yeah, and so we've got our tomatoes mulched, our peppers mulched, our cabbage mulched, our broccoli mulched, um, and um, 
Did I say peas and our peas? Yeah, I think it's good to mulch everything. And I mean, it absolutely yeah. is. But it's kind of first come, first serve. Oh. Uh, the, you know, the most important, the things we love the most, and Get yeah. the most. Hey, and I have to brag. I had my first strawberries last night oh, from the garden. Oh, wonderful. And it wasn't like a picking. It was, I was up there and I was watering. And there, you know, and we have net, we have them in hoops. And you could just see the red in there. And I thought, yep, that's for me. And that's for me. And that's for me. <laughs> first thing, I'm eating strawberries and I'm not watering. And Dave said, what are you doing? And I said, Eating oh, the, oh, nothing. Checking nothing. things out here. <laughs> you ate them all, and Dave didn't get any. No, he didn't get any. <laughs> oh, exactly. Funny. So, but tomorrow there'll be a nice big picking of that. But uh, hoops are really a good idea. Well, when do you put the hoops on, Barb? Because I've got right now. I've got some uh, broccoli sprouts that are in the, my garden, and I thought, I wonder if I should put something on this now or not. I, uh, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the thing is, um, the coal crops like the broccoli, cauliflower. Um, Brussels sprouts, uh, eggplant, uh, kale, kale. This, yeah, but but they don't bloom. That the, they don't get they don't get pollinated. So you can put them on right away. Oh, okay, it, it, sure. And because you don't want that, uh, you'll see that that white moth flying around. Are those They're, called cabbage? Uh, yeah, that, butterflies or something. I think. Well, but or moths. yeah, they go to all those plants. Brassicas. and they lay their eggs, and their eggs become little those worms. those little green worms, which are so nasty and so nasty to look Especially at. Especially because I've had where it's been on the broccoli, and then you pick ahead, and they're they're like yeah. crawling over the whole thing, yeah. and I just don't even want to eat it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you <But> know, <clears throat> to answer your question, we we get those um, hoops on as soon as we can. We have to wait for good counsel always to put up the electric fence. Otherwise, so your hoops are on now. Yeah, they are. Oh, because Other- I don't. I've got to get mine on then. Otherwise, the deer come tromping in, and they'll, they'll they love any of those cabbage plants. I mean, they just love them. So you have to wait with that. The deer got some of my lilies and some my roses. They jumped in my rose garden. First time they've ever done that. Because you have a little fence, right? I have a four-foot fence. I guess four foot's not enough. No. Yeah. yeah. But they've never never got in there before. And uh, they all the tops off of the roses. Oh. And can you imagine that with 35 acres of choice land and water, why you would risk your life and jump <laughs> over a fence to get in a rose bush? Yeah, and, we made their home down there, but next to the river. They should stay down there. Right. They, they certainly should. You know, I wanted to tell you one thing about mulch, and I've never seen this before. <clears throat> we were at our granddaughter's in Cleveland, Ohio. She bought this house, and there was a very nice garden shed. And, and of course, David was out they're exploring things and here there were plastic bags of mulch in there that this person had left behind and probably <clears throat> hadn't gardened for some time because there was grass the whole lawn very very little of any kind of planting except foundation plantings and so he said well you know you don't have to buy any mulch because there's mulch out in the shed so I went out and took a look and I thought this is the funniest mulch I've ever seen. It's so flat that the, the bag isn't big and puffy like they usually are. It's just flat. And so I lifted it up and I was just kind of running my hand across it and it felt like soil. That mulch actually broke down. Into soil. Into soil. Yeah. What a bonus. So who would have thought that, you know. That was, was your compost pile. That, yeah, the, exactly. I, I spread it out. I, 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 the soil is so heavy there. It's, uh, there's a lot of clay. 
and uh, it could use that plus more. Oh, I was going to mention to you uh, while you were talking about uh, mulching and the, and the fabric. Underneath the tomatoes in the fall, when we're done, when the tomatoes are done, mm-hmm. I just I, on my tractor and I just grab a hold of the fabric mm-hmm. and I pull it down below um, my hill someplace and I take it down there and I dump off the all the dead branches and things well the, the mulch from oh oh, oh sure in case then, it has diseases or anything yeah yet. and so then when I after I get that done I take that fabric and I roll it all up and put it in in the bag and and uh, use it again no I don't use no, it again no no because you were <coughs> afraid, of dis- no, you're afraid of diseases right? okay okay yeah so I I'm putting garbage Oh, sure. And you know, with our hoops, we we have the plastic netting on them. We take that off, and we roll it up, and I use a five-gallon bucket where I've got a solution of uh, bleach, soap, and water. I go up and down in there until they're clean, and then I take another one. Yeah, and then I just lay it out um, on the grass and let it dry off, and then I fold it up and put it away. You just got a small, compact little thing when you get done folding it up so yeah. it's really a good way to go one of our listeners sent me a, a note here asking where i got those those that um, mulch straw straw mulch and I, i've got it locally i've got it at the tractor supply company i've got it at the fleet farm so you know any of those farm supply stores i think would probably have it so fyi sure. well we are out of time i'm so sorry to say but i want to thank harvey master gardener harvey hess and yep. master gardener barb lampson for joining us this morning and i don't know about you but i'm going to be out gardening but wear your sunscreen wear your hat stay cool and maybe pace yourself <laughs> i'll stay close enough where i can bring a fan right out with me so <laughs> that's a good idea i got a long cord if, I, if i'm going out <laughs> very smart and be sure and protect your eyes too oh your sunglasses oh yeah or if you have uv filtered uh safety glasses those are great too great suggestion thank you both i appreciate it All right, our Master Gardener friends, uh, it is three minutes past 10. You're listening to 